Season three of the Women Shifting Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings, returns with a brand new roster of inspirational women showcasing their talents and leadership across the automotive industry. It's hard to believe we've been on this journey together for over a year now. And when I have my own moments of doubt and uncertainty, it is with this community I am reminded of what is possible. Thank you all for sharing in this space of authenticity with us. Here we go. As the owner of 17 different aviation and automobile records, in addition to being nominated into 10 different Hall of Fames for her life of achievement, it's almost mind-boggling that Betty Skelton isn't more of a household name. Our guests today felt the exact same way, and we kick off this new season of the Women Shifting Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings, with the trio of your super connector, Cindy Sisson, Pam Miller, an eight-time Emmy Award-winning producer, and Lindsay Mandia, the Vice President of Production at Fox Sports. These three led the endeavor of bringing the life of Betty back to the forefront of discussion with their documentary, Boundless, the First Lady of Firsts. We learned how the project came together, the joys of working alongside each other, and what might be on the horizon for Betty's story and more. Welcome to the Women Shifting Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings. We are kicking off season number three with a bang. If you happen to join into the community a couple weeks ago, you would have seen that we were at the Fox Sports Studio in Charlotte to talk about Boundless, the first lady of first, and her name is Betty Skelton. The three people behind that success and magic of the documentary join us on the podcast today. We have Pam Miller. She's an eight-time Emmy Award-winning producer with Fox Sports. Lindsay Mandia, the vice president of production with Fox Sports. And of course, our girl, our super connector, head of the community, Cindy Sisson. Welcome, guys, into the podcast. And I want to go back to the beginning of this thing. And Pam, I'll come straight to you on this. Where did you find this story of Betty? Well, I mean, it's remarkable, but it's almost like it found us. You know, we were doing research about different women that were left behind and you know, I, I think all of us had sort of seen this woman in this picture, like next to this car years ago, but didn't really connect the dots. And um, as we were doing research, it became obvious that, you know, Betty was somebody that we needed to tell the story of. I mean, it just, it was an amazing revelation to find out that she had been right under our nose and we didn't, we didn't know her. And I was beyond frustrated. And I remember calling Cindy going, have you heard of the story of the gold Corvette? And she was like, tell me. And then calling Lindsay and saying, you know, the same thing. And it just kind of evolved from there. Uh, At the very beginning, Cindy, what kind of stood out to you about Betty? Why did you know she was the girl? Well, you just only have to look at her. (laughs) She's absolutely beautiful and engaging. And as we dug deep, we just learned so much about her. It just inspired Pam and I and Lin- Lindsay to take it to the next step. So I was at Amelia last year riding on a golf cart. And I said to this gentleman, you know me, I'm so shy. You know, where are you going from here? And he goes, I'm going down to Daytona taking my gold Corvette. And I stopped in my tracks only to find out it wasn't Betty's gold <laughs> Corvette. But I did ask him if he knew who Betty was. And he said, well, of course I know who Betty is. And then he started connecting me with others who knew uh, Betty, and it just blossomed from there. And Lindsay, when you got introduced to the story, what stood out to you about Betty Skelton? Gosh, I just think she's such an inspiration. You know, I think she's like the best version of yourself, everything you want to be, right? She was just um, ambitious and fearless. And obviously, in hindsight, 
right? This um, barrier breaker. And so for me, it was the minute they told me the story, I just felt like just thankful, right? That, that she did what she did and she was who she was. And knowing that we had the opportunity to have a platform to make sure other people knew uh, what she's done for everyone, but in particular women, I, I think it just was um, kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to be a part of, of sharing her story. Well, there's no doubt that Betty had just a list of accolades that we're going to jump into. But Pam, I want to go back to Betty's childhood. Would you say that there was anything about those formative years for her that might have led to what all Betty would accomplish? Oh, my gosh. I mean, she had very young parents, parents who were able to take chances and wanted to participate in different things. She was an only child. She had a father that supported anything she wanted to try. And when she started writing to different uh, airplane companies to get information on airplanes, and she would get them addressed to her father, and then her father became interested. And then the whole family took flying lessons. And, you know, he never said no to her. And he never said, you can't do anything. He just said, practice, be the best, and make sure that you work the hardest. And She took that to heart, it seems like, because obviously she did that. And I think when you grow up with supportive parents like that, that tell you there are no boundaries, there are no limits, even as a woman back in 1928, 1930, I mean, you know, in her formative years, you know, the results are what you saw in the film. I mean, you just break barriers, boundaries, and and never stop and never give up. And I think that early support from her parents made the huge difference. And Cindy, I uh, just, it, it, I listening to this podcast, you can't see everyone's faces, but I love how engaged you guys are even now at this part of this project. But Cindy, when uh, working amongst each other, uh, why did it fit so well with this group? Well, I think a lot of the words that have already been used re- represents all of us. <laughs> We're fearless. We take on challenges. It was fun coming up with the name Boundless because it just, we're, we're, we love all the stuff that we're doing in our day jobs and the passion that we have. And we saw that in her and um, working together with these lovely ladies has just been boundless for me. I keep smiling because when we did the uh, interview on Fox Sports, Pam and I were sitting next to each other. And I told Pam yesterday, I felt Betty sitting next to me the whole time. And Larry Kinzel from General Motors sent us a picture with Betty in the middle of us. And it looks so real. And I just posted it on my link, LinkedIn because it's just, she was there. She was there the whole time from the very beginning, from our first shoot uh, with Paul Goldsmith and then the Smithsonian. Little Stinker, her plane's the first plane, and Pam and I laid on the floor and, and did selfies in the Smithsonian with her plane. It was pretty awesome. It's, a, it's an interesting point. I mean, in a way, you would have to think that part of her inspiration from what she accomplished kind of is here, right? I mean, you think of the industries that you all work in, um, I'm sure there was some facet of a boundary that she was able to push open uh, all those years ago that may have tentacled off. What do you think, uh, if you were able to ask Betty a question today, Pam, what would you ask her? How she overcame the frustration, I think. How she overcame the frustration of knowing that as far as she would push it, she still wasn't going to get where she ultimately wanted to go, whether it was space or racing against the men on a racetrack. I mean, 
And how did she keep her composure about that? Because that's a, I mean, all three of us have walked that line. It is a tough line to walk. I mean, you know, on one hand that you're doing the absolute best you can and that, you know, the people around you, you know, you hope they see it, but you also know there's only sometimes so far that you're going to be able to go. And I think I would love to hear what she had to say about in those times, knowing that she was going to push it, but knowing that she wasn't going to get there. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. I would love to know, like if she were alive and with us today, you know, where we should go next. Right. And what, I don't know. I mean, I think where should we be pushing? What should we be doing? Um, I think as women, you know, and she was so, I think from everyone that, that Pam and Cindy talked to, it was clear that Betty had an awareness of what was happening, you know, um, but maybe wasn't this like outright feminist, how we think of things today, right? Or certainly my generation has grown up thinking about women's rights and, and women's place in society. Um, so I would love to have her perspective and just be able, you know, if I could hear that now um, and just hear guidance from her, I think especially one thing that, you know, I had shared with Pam and Cindy, but when you read these articles, you know, they're from the fifties, right. But they describe everything first is about her appearance. It's about how she looks and they just have these words and adjectives that really treat women as if they're inferior. And you forget, I think I have the luxury of, you know, growing up in the time that I'm growing up and that I forget that wasn't that long ago, that you really were not treated as equal. And as you want equality to continue to push, I just think getting her perspective on how we should do that right now um, would be amazing. I I would, I would love if she were here with us and could kind of give that guidance. And Cindy, I'm going to get right to you, but Lindsay, I just want to point out, as you were just saying, uh, I find it uh, behind you in your office, you have posters that say talent, grit and success. And I just find it so powerful talking about Betty and that, you know, a lot of times when we look at success people have, it's not by chance. It's about the talent and the grit finding that success. Why are those important words so important to you? I mean, I think it's exactly what you just said, you know, and um, I think that it's that, obviously we're all still working on getting there, but that self revelation of what is it that you have to offer this world and your professional, personal, whatever those spaces are, what do you want to challenge yourself to do? But that innately uh, talent that you have within yourself that you should develop, then obviously we're all going to face setbacks, but powering through those setbacks is what ultimately leads to the success, right? And then you do it over and over and over again. So you kind of have to remind yourself Again, that's that's kind of the grit coming into it. And um, for me, not to go on a tangent, but for me, this was important because it means something to me. But I hope that uh, it's kind of the philosophy for my team here, right, and, and, and our team and our group. So I want when people walk in to kind of see that and have that reminder and know they're here for a reason because they're talented and we can do hard things and, and that's going to lead to success. Cindy, what would you ask Betty Skelton? Well, there's so many things I'd want to ask her, but where did she go shopping? Cause she had the cutest clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I just had something Pam and I laugh about all the time is, Oh, if we could just find that dress or that skirt. One of the things and Pam could probably quote it best because she has worked so hard on editing this amazing documentary is what Patty Wagstaff said in her comment uh, in the documentary about Pam, what was it? 
She oh. wasn't out there writing treatises about women's rights. She was just out there doing it. And most of the time doing it better than anyone else. I think that's the direct quote. My point of even bringing that up is I think that's something all of us in our community that we've created with women shifting gears. It's we're not being feminists. We're, we're being inclusive. And uh, a, a term that Lynn St. James uses is allyship. You know, we want men and women to hear these stories. And if the men don't hear these stories, then we can't change kind of what Lindsay has said is that um, we're all in this together. We're a team. So it's not an us and them at all. It's all about what Betty was doing. She would did everything she did with grace and gratitude. And she just sucked it up. Bottom line, she just sucked it up. She wasn't out there, you know, waving banners and et cetera, et cetera. She was just being graceful. I, I, I That's what I love about her. I think one cool thing, not to go on a tangent, but just this Women's History Month in particular, I feel like so much of what I've heard is kind of exactly what we're getting at here is there are qualified women, right? It's not just, hey, let's celebrate women. Let's talk about these qualified women that are in roles. And this is exactly what she was, right? Pam just said it. She was the best at it. And for some reason, we just haven't told a story, you know, like Jay Leno talked about it. Uh, in the film, we haven't told the story of this person who was extremely qualified and extremely successful. And the reason for that is because she was a woman. And unfortunately, uh, the, the times then and, and kind of as um, we've progressed, we we forget those stories of qualified people because they weren't in the majority at the time. And so I really love that and celebrating. It's not just because she's a woman. It's because she was a talented you know, race car driver. She was a talent or, you know, automotive. She was talented in the automotive space, aviator. Um, you know, she was really successful in marketing. She was the, she was the top of the class, regardless of her gender or any of any other way to describe her. And that, what I found to Lindsay's point about Jay, I thought his perspective was interesting because, you know, he said, I've always heard the story of Zora Duntoff and John Fitch, but Betty was right there. And the reason she was kind of erased from the history is because she could challenge the guys. And he says it right in the doc. And he also, he brought up a great point about agents for change. You know, that Bill France senior without his vision to try to change by including her in some way, you don't get change unless you have somebody that's an agent of change. And he was at least on that, you know, in that, for that era, a guy with a vision for some change as much as probably the times would let him. And it's to, it's togetherness, right? Like Cindy's saying, you have to share these things with everyone because that's where I feel like when you're in community or when you're sharing these stories, you realize, or in that case, like Bill France happens to be on a plane with her as you're kind of cross pollinating is probably a bad way to say it, but you, you find these touch points that make us all a human and celebrate the things that we love. And, and that's where the progress comes from, I think. I think there's also some destiny in the story. And I think that the three of us were destined to work together on the story for a lot of reasons, because our destinies have all crossed. But I think she's really, you know, if you're going to look up the the definition of destiny, I don't know many people that I've even read about in history that have had a destiny like hers, because the way her, her life interconnected and the people she met and how she capitalized on all those intersections and made the right turns. You know, I, it's pretty amazing. 
So going back to one of the things that Jay Leno said, you know, you've heard of these women, but, you know, somewhere Betty Skelton got lost. Do you think it was purposeful? Oh, I don't think it was purposeful. No, I don't Not either. at all. I, I think Lindsay keeps saying it best. It's It was the sign of the times. She was involved in so many genres of transportation. It was really hard. I, I think Dorothy brought this up to me, at the Smithsonian curator at one point, that it was hard for each genre to share her. You know, so it's like, you know, like because she's not owned by one group, she crosses so many. It's really hard for someone to like just say she's ours, like aviation. You know, she's in 10 halls of fame, but they're a mixture of halls of fame, you know, so it's it's hard to put her in one category, which I think makes it harder for her to perpetuate that, you know, to, to rise, you know, for people to get her name above somebody else's in those categories because she's just crossing so many different areas. And it was, I know we have, there are other stories and hopefully we will continue to celebrate and tell those stories, but it was very early on in the context that, you know what I mean? Even if it's just a couple years later that, you know, we start to see other barrier breakers. She really was, we say the first lady at first because she really was. So I think there's something to that as well. Again, just kind of like Cindy saying too, just time, right? She was so, she was kind of so early uh, in pushing some of these boundaries. You have to think how many people there may be like that throughout history that just never got that spotlight. I'm so glad you guys have, have done this. And it was just several weeks ago that people did get to see Betty's story uh, it did air on Fox Sports. And uh, from that night of it making its public debut, what's the feedback been? <laughs> it's been absolutely overwhelming in a positive way. I mean, my inbox that night on Mar- March 23rd just about exploded my computer. So many great comments, so much love. And, you know, I want to go back and say what's been interesting about this is that as we were working on this and we would share with somebody, anybody, nine point probably five times out of 10, nobody knew who she was. And I marvel at that because of my Dropbox that Pam has done research on with all the newspaper articles. I mean, she was written about a lot. She had a radio show. There was a lot of noise about her, but the fact that this generation doesn't know her is just baffling to me. I mean, I would love to figure out a way to create a curriculum to get into all the schools, you know, and inspire um, the next generation. Lindsay's daughter, Olivia, got to watch her mom and she drew this amazing picture of Betty. And I, in my mind, I keep thinking, how do we get little girls to write? What does Betty look like to you? Betty could be a race car driver. Betty could be in her spacesuit. Betty could be in a plane. But what are the little girls taking away, or boys, of what does she mean to them? That really excites me. I think, too, it speaks to what we, how do we carry on history, right? And just telling people's stories and sharing people's stories. And I don't know. I just think that's, that's what we do in humanity. And, um, I don't. I guess I don't really know where I'm going with that thought, but um, yeah, I think it's just great to remind everyone of where we came from, right? And these stories from the past, and hopefully, you know, another 30 years from now, somebody else comes along and retells the story of of, of Betty. I, I just think it's interesting that you know there's a direct line to many women in motorsports now that when they discover Betty, they go, "Oh my gosh!" Like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her, you know. There, there. Are, you can correlate 
certain paths in history of automotive for sure that she opened the door just by getting in an indie car or getting in a sports car or doing a rally. You know, rally, some of these events didn't even exist until she invented them. So like people, male and female, don't even realize they're carrying on her tradition, whether they know who she is or not. And then when they're enlightened to who she is, the light bulb goes off. It's like, well, you wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for her. We added that she was an honorary NASA member. Like, let's just add that to the work list of what Betty has accomplished in life. <laughs> I felt so connected to that because I just love outer space. And so <laughs> then when I learned this part of it, I thought, oh my gosh, there have been so many moments where I'm just like, yes, I am. Like, I think Pam and Cindy have said it too. You just feel like you are Betty or like Betty is inside of you. And I was like, oh, I love outer space. This is amazing. I laugh because nobody realizes even her, She when she marries late in life at 40, she marries a TV director producer who produces things like My Three Sons and Bonanza and all these like mainstream iconic TV shows. And she helps write some of the stuff with him and direct it. And I, sometimes I go, I remember getting up at three in the morning and thinking about that old TV show we found. And I'm going, Betty, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to do this? And right away, the answer goes, well, Pam, you're going to edit this. And you're, I'm like thinking all of a sudden it just kind of appears. And I'm like, oh my God, like Lindsay's point, she's inside me. Like she's doing the edit in my head. Like she's telling me what to do. But I think that was her TV producer director hat. I mean, there's films with her name in the credits. It's crazy. We joke like she didn't drive or she didn't, she didn't fly with shoes on, right? Or drive with shoes on. And um, I, I don't like, if I get in the car and I have the opportunity to take my shoe off of my driving foot, I've just always done that. Um, sorry, dad. I know he always tells me you're not supposed to drive without shoes on, but so even just that there just have been these little moments where you just feel connected to her, you know, you you feel one with Betty. I think too, we Bonneville, I mean, that's towards the end of the documentary and it's because of our network, women in motorsports or whatever you want to call it, that we found the footage. Lisa Boggs from Firestone, I put it out into the universe and said, hey, Pam and I are working on this documentary and we can't find the Bonneville stuff. And Lisa stepped up and found the archives. Um, I had even called Humpy Wheeler, who was there that day as the PR person. He didn't even know where to find the archives. So that's been kind of cool how just our network has helped us find incredible footage, very supportive. But the, the saddest part about that is that for years, when people archived the footage or archived the pictures, she was labeled beauty queen. And then you'd show people what she looked like and they go, oh my God, I have a picture or I have this. I didn't realize that's who that was. I thought it was just a beauty queen. Pam, you got to tell them of the, uh, in Daytona in our uh, meeting, our meeting space. Oh yeah, so we're we have a meeting space for the Daytona 500, and it's part of this big office comp or office trailer. And I go in the ladies' room or in the bathroom. It's just a generic bathroom. And I look at the wall, and I'm like, Betty's on the wall. And like nobody realizes Betty's on the wall. Yeah, it was it's, like wallpaper of like yeah, old black and white photos. Moments, yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, she really is. She's in all of us. She's everywhere. Yeah, this is fantastic. Do you think Betty was happy? Like when you look through all of the stuff and you research her on a personal level, it seems like she was consistently pushed for the next, but was she happy? I, I think I would think yes, but you know, having not been able to get into the actual Smithsonian archive with her actual personal diaries, I would not wow. tend to judge. I I would think yes, 
I would think there would have to be some happiness and satisfaction. She looks happy, certainly. She's a great actress at times, for sure. We saw that in some of those clips. But I think I would have to say she seemed to be, you know, I wouldn't know personally. I think she was happy, too. I mean, just you could feel her spirit and her joy. And I think Dorothy, Dorothy, who got to know her really well, Dorothy Cochran from the Smithsonian, got to be very close to her. And, you know, she she if there was anything different, we would be reading about it or seeing it as a headline in the newspaper. Well, I think we would, you know, you you would have to kind of um, assume that she butted up against some sort of um, which is so great that the documentary name is Boundless. But, you know, there's boundaries or there's this um, doors that that she was just flying open. But I'm sure there were some instances that uh, were really uncomfortable and and kind of challenging for her. So to maintain, she does, Cindy, I agree with you. She just has that spirit and just the energy and, and all the photos and, and videos we've seen. Um, what do you think she'd make of the documentary? Well, Dorothy is probably the best judge. And Dorothy's email made the three of us cry. So I would think that, I we I hope we made her proud. I think we made her proud. I think she'll be happy that she's been reintroduced into to another generation. But based on Dorothy's feedback and the tears we shed, I think I think she'd be okay with it. So, Cindy, well, Pam said it best. I mean, when you have people like Dorothy Cochran write the note that she wrote to us and how proud she was, uh, it made it all worthwhile. And, and and all the other comments that people write, people that are authorities in the industry, Bill Rothermal, um, he is a, a judge, and I approached him to help us with Dodge. We were we were not getting too far, and he made an introduction and another example of next we know thing we know we got all the pictures and the note he wrote yesterday was just it just warms your heart to know that there's people actually watching it and have a comment about it. And they they all say, what's next? So as I say, um, Betty now is with us and she's not going to be forgotten. No way, no how on our watch. Not going to happen. All right, ladies. Well, that is uh, the first part of uh, the Women Shifting Gears podcast driven by Hemmings. Uh, we do this little thing called the hot lap. And uh, we're going to make this uh, Betty-centric. So we're going to see how you would answer for Betty. This can be as the group. Uh, so, But always the first question is, uh, you're going on a road trip. So this one will be, Betty Skelton is going on a road trip. Where is she going? Space. I was going like to say that. space, or I was going to say, like, somewhere exotic. She, she used to try to find exotic places. That's where my brain went to, you know? Um, All right. Well, Betty Skelton is, well, this one could be answered, but let's say Betty, Betty Skelton's going on this road trip. What is she driving? Oh, a, a Corvette. Even though it's a, it's like, in the, it could be in the Andes, but she'd be in a Corvette. She always drove a Corvette. It better be a gold Corvette. Yeah. And yeah. With, a, a, a gold Corvette that Elon Musk has out. <laughs> 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 And, and by the way, All right, Betty is in the left seat. Who do you think would be her passenger? I would say her first husband. Yeah, I would say that too. Don she Frank really, really loved him. Yeah. What do you think her favorite uh, road snack would be? That's interesting. Gosh, she was 98 pounds. 
Hmm. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Something healthy, nuts and fruits and stuff like that. It was easy for her to transport on her airplane too. Someday we'll open up a, a diary and read that she loved chocolate and she would have brought chocolate. <laughs> I think she's such a smart marketing, you know, savvy marketing woman. Whoever she's getting to sponsor the book <laughs> for that to go to space, that's her road trip snack. All right. And what is on uh, Betty's radio on this road trip? Wow. I don't know. Pam, you're the music. I would say, well, I was going to go with like a a Bing Crosby, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of, Pam, that's kind of where my brain went to. Yeah, I I think it's like a Bing Crosby, you know, know, Bing Crosby road trips kind of goes together. But also that era, I would think it's a little pre-rock and roll. And it just feels cool, you know, like that just matches her. Yeah, I mean, I would think a little swing, a little, a little Bing, you know, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Betty Skelton is headed to space or somewhere exotic in a gold Corvette that's been outfitted by Elon Musk. She's listening to Swing with Bing, eating maybe chocolate or nuts and along with her husband. I think that sounds like a very full life. A thousand percent. And I think we made Betty really proud with our documentary, but we might not have made her proud with our answers just now. (laughs) Well, I, Cindy, you kind of hit it on it earlier, and uh, I know you guys are getting the question, what's next? Because that was my first question before we kicked off this podcast. What is, uh, I, I know we've kind of touched on um, where this series and, and the stories that might come, but specifically to Boundless, uh, the first lady of first, what's next for that documentary? Well, I'd like to go on record as saying thank you, Lindsay, for believing in Pam and I. We couldn't have done this without you. And your whole organization, Fox, has been absolutely a dream to work with, from the cameraman to the, you know, just uh, Megan with uh, social media and and Eric. It's been amazing. So we could not have done this without you. But uh, feels like we have some great opportunities. Pam and I had a couple of conversations yesterday. We're not ready to reveal, but it's really going to revolve around Lindsay and her team support to keep this going. Look at Cindy making a pitch here on the podcast. Yeah, baby. <laughs> here I was I waiting see. for the. I was waiting for the um, viewing on June first or whatever. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell us about that, Pam. What is next for the Boundless? Well, I, I think it's it's. Well, Cindy will back me up if I'm right. Automotive Hall of Fame, um, uh, June first, Women's Symposium. Past to past women in motorsports in the past and in the future. Did I get that right? Yeah, pretty pretty darn close. Yes, <laughs> at the Automotive Hall of Fame, we've been invited on June first. It's called Race to the Automotive Hall of Fame. Working with the entire team there, they never had an all women symposium. We'll be opening up with Betty Skelton and her documentary as the past, and then moving into the future with the newly formed Women in Motorsports North America that was started by Lynn St. James and Beth Peretta. And on that panel, we've secured both Lynn and Beth, which is so iconic. Uh, But we also have Sabre Cook, Taylor Ferns, Laura Klosser. And I think that's it. I hope that I didn't miss anybody. But uh, we're bringing bringing up Lynn's um, Ford Thunderbird from Talladega. Reliable Carriers has sponsored that for us. And we'll also have Taylor Fern's car out there. And Beth Perrette is checking on having her car from last year out there as well. 
And then I think we, you know, Cindy is right. I think there are so many incredible stories and we're going to continue to try to figure out how do we partner together? How can we do, how can we do more? Uh, We just don't have any immediate answers on that right now, but there are, um, there are just, there are so many amazing stories that, that need a platform and hopefully we get to do it together. Yeah. And there, and there's a lot of worthy women that have been forgotten. I mean, it's a pretty long list. I know we'll keep the Women Shifting Gears community driven by Hemmings uh, alert on the June 1st date. Uh, Ladies, it was an absolute honor to share in this uh, half hour with you guys and learn even more about Betty. I truly think uh, there is that uh, seeing Betty Skelton, all of us, I think is what uh, everyone can kind of take away from her story. Uh, just knowing that uh, we can all be boundless ourselves. Uh, Lindsay Media, Pam Miller, Cindy Sisson on the Women Shifting Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings. This Women Shifting Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings, is a production of GS Events.